Starring Bela Day in... But, Ma, that's my favorite movie. Oh, well, all right. But don't you spend too much time in front of that TV. Do you hear me? Yes, Ma. Welcome to my podcast, But Ma, that's my favorite movie. And I am your host, B. Day. And I will be having some special guests join me from the Strategic Whimsy Experiment podcast. But before they introduce themselves, let's do some house cleaning. So if you're new to this podcast, what I do is introduce movies by having a different theme each episode. I'll talk about two movies that have a plot that centers around the subject of the theme for that episode. I'll introduce the movies by giving a summary of the beginning of the movie up until the major plot point. So I don't spoil the ending just in case you're interested and want to check it out. Now today's episode is titled, But Ma, That's My Favorite Woman Kicking Ass in a Movie. And you know, the theme is self-explanatory, but before we get into that, I want to let you know about our social media and our website. We are available on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so please follow our social media pages for a sneak peek about upcoming episodes, and I actually do that with a game called Guess the Theme Slash Movie. Now, my website is butmathatsmyfavoritemovie.com, where you will be able to write reviews or give movie or theme suggestions and much more. All of the handles to the social media and link to the website are in the show notes slash description box below. And make sure if you're loving the episodes to shout us out by tagging our pages on social media or by giving us a review on the Apple podcast slash the website. And if you do, you'll get a shout out on one of my episodes. All right. So to get into this theme. So I am so excited to have another fellow podcast join me in this empowering episode. Now let's allow the ladies to introduce themselves, and please let's let the audience know about what your podcast is about. Perfect. Uh, thanks for having us, Bilade. We're excited to be here. Uh, my name is Jen. I am one half of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment, uh, also a fellow film lover, and it's just a lot of fun to get to nerd out about movies and talk about them and uh, unpack them together with other fellow film lovers. The Strategic Whimsy Experiment is kind of a gathering place each week where we choose one film and we review it. We talk about the things that really stood out to us, resonated with us, um, some of the larger themes and commentary that that the movie might have about these larger topics outside of the film itself um, that it explores. And yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's a, been a great place to keep our love for films alive each week together with my co-host, which is Sarah. Yeah, I'm Sarah, and I'm the other half of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. And uh, like Jen said, we just we love movies. We love talking about them. And every week, we pretty much get into how a film is about some larger 
topic in our society. So we go lots of different places, um, but it's really great to just be able to sit down and unpack films together. Uh, the Probably the worst experience you can have in a film is where you come out and you just go, eh, that was okay, and you have nothing to say, <laughs> which almost never happens to us. So it's just a space where we can just chat about a film and hopefully uh, have some thought-provoking conversations about how art and life intersect together. Yeah, we're excited to be here. So uh, thanks for having us, Bila Day. Oh my God, of course, because I was a guest on your podcast. So you had to be a guest on my podcast. And <laughs> I am so excited for y'all to be here. And I just want to let the audience know they have such a good podcast. They have such interesting commentary about the films. Um, they bring up different themes or just the way they discuss films. It's it's really refreshing and it's really cool to listen to. So I recommend you definitely checking out their podcast because it's really good. All right. So what we're going to go ahead and do first, because what better way to get to know our guests is to, you know, start with some fun, like movie related questions. So what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'll ask the question first and then uh, Sarah, Jen, whoever wants to go first, y'all can answer and then the other person can follow. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. So the first question I have here is, do you remember your first movie experience? And I'm just going to say, for a sec that I honestly don't even remember the first movie I ever watched, but maybe I'll do. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. Uh, I was still a baby, but my mom told me multiple times that the first movie that she ever took me to see when I was still a baby was The Jetsons. So I don't remember it, but that was my first movie, apparently. Nice. I also don't remember mine either. Uh, but the first thought that came to mind is that it was probably some animated Disney princess movie that my parents put on screen. Uh, this question's uh, funny to me. One of my film professors uh, back in college would ask us first day of school um, of his course, he would say, do you remember the first time you saw a moving image as a child? And he's like, obviously you don't because you've likely been surrounded by moving images uh, from the first moment that you were even like birthed into the world. and couple of years later when he had his own his own kid, when he had a son, he very intentionally made sure that the first moving image that he could tell his son that he watched uh, was Spider-Man on screen. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, that's neat. <laughs> um, and I was going to say uh, the to the point of what you said, Sarah, about your mom telling you what movie she took you to as a baby. It made me think about when my mom told me that, um, I don't know if I've ever heard of the movie Boomerang uh, that stars Eddie Murphy and I believe Robin Givens, but <laughs> she actually told me, because it was on Facebook where they were showing um, the premiere of Boomerang. And I remember when I was younger, when I was able to like kind of somewhat fathom and like know what a movie is, we did watch that movie. And so- when I was looking at the red carpet pictures, I was like, oh man, I wish I could have saw this, you know, at that time when it first came out and premiered. And my mom was like, yeah, I think you were a baby when I took you to that movie. So I said, technically <laughs> I did see that movie. So I was there. Oh, so, maybe awesome. that, <laughs> so maybe that was my first movie experience. <laughs> oh my yeah. Right. Because the question is your first movie experience and not the first movie you <laughs> saw with your eyes. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. 
Yeah, there you go. I like that. It works. That works. <laughs> All right. So the next question that we have here is, what is your favorite movie experience you've had? And I mean, it can come down to like simply being uh, one of your favorite movies that you actually got to see in the movies, or maybe you saw it at home and it just kind of, um, it left a mark on you after you seen it. So I hate that this is the first thing that came to mind, but I wanted to share it because there's a reason that it just is so ingrained in my brain. But um, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War is a movie that I watched in theaters and I have never seen a theater packed that tightly. Uh, There was, you know, you had to reserve your seats at the theater that I saw it in and I went with a friend or two and we couldn't sit together because there were only single seats left. That theater was packed to the brim. Uh, But it was really exciting to see, one, so many people go to the movie theater. I think most movies that I watch, the there's like 10 other people in the theater with me. Um, and it was exciting to just to see everyone going to this film going experience together. But also like when the movie was over, seeing everyone turning to the people that they're with and like talking about all the things that happened in the movie and their theories and like, oh my gosh, do you remember that moment? It was just such a communal experience. And something that Sarah and I talk about a lot is that the experience of going to the theater is just such a special thing. And there's so much um, connection that's formed with like these strangers sitting like a couple feet away from you as you go through the emotions and the story of a movie together. And Infinity War is, I think, one of those like movie going experiences that like really it sticks out in my mind just because everyone was so invested. It's this big moment in this 10 year franchise that everyone has seen. And, um, just that excitement you could feel in the room was was pretty cool. Oh, that's that's so good. Uh, yours is a lot better than mine. Um, I couldn't think of like a favorite movie experience, but I just think that this is a funny movie experience. So, um, <laughs> Jen, you might know uh, what movie I'm talking about. But this is just an insight into my brain, which is kind of a terrifying place to be from time to time. But Jen and I went and we saw the movie Phantom Thread together. (laughs) I'm so glad this is your choice. (laughs) Which story needs to be shared. It's a great story. (laughs) It sounds fun already. (laughs) It's this really like intentional, beautiful film, like very artsy fartsy. And it's all about like the textures and the lighting and all of these things. And the, the protagonist is so, he's such a perfectionist and um, no like piece of fabric or thread can be out of place. Like it has to be perfect. And so we're watching this movie together and all I can focus on is that there is a little defect on the screen in like the top left-hand corner. And it was just so ironic that in this film about a perfectionist, there's something wrong on the screen in this work of art. And so that was just such a funny moment. And afterwards, like we were the only two left in the theater and we just laughed about it for probably longer than we should have. But <laughs> it was a great it was a great experience about one of our favorite movies that we saw that year. Oh, that is funny. Well, that's very ironic. <laughs> right? Yeah, we were there for a while just talking about that too. I think that one of the workers had to come in and be like, hey, you, you guys got to yeah. go. Like we're trying to clean up. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, I swear you two are so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is also just like such a representation of the way that Sarah's brain works that Mm -hmm. I just love the story so much. It's great. Yeah, 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 I fixate on the wrong things in film and like one little thing is off and that's all that I can focus on. And so, yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) Well, that's a great story. I like that. (laughs) All right. So the last question that we got here. Ooh, and I think this is like the funnest one. It's funnest a word. Anyways, um, if you could describe <laughs> yourself or your life using two or more movie genres, what would they be? I can go first. So the first genre is coming of age. I usually hate movies like this, but they're also just so sentimental and I can be a total cheese ball and I'm just a very sentimental person. And so, you know, the like golden hour lighting, that's like always part of the ending of these movies. I just, I kind of love it. Um, and then the other two genres, I guess would be noir because I can just be moody as heck and, uh, need to be alone. And I love in noir movies, like all of the twists and turns and, and portrayals and like, I live for that. And so this is not reflecting my life. This is reflecting just like who I am as a person. And then the third genre that I picked was, uh, mafia movies. I don't know if that counts as a genre. <laughs> I'm just going to make it count as a genre because I just love mafia movies. I love the warped like value systems and justice systems that they have established um the the backstabbing and betrayals and strategy that they implement in those films it's just i live for it so again not a movie that describes my life but maybe things that i just like find really exciting I love that you chose Mafia Movie because you do love Mafia Movies which just <laughs> tickles me because I would never expect that knowing you so I'm so pleased. <laughs> I love it. You really do. <laughs> My mother's very concerned that I love it, but I do. <laughs> Sarah, what were yours? So the ones that I picked, I I don't know. Um, I'm I'm really bad at talking about myself. So Jen, you might be able to come up with better genres for my life <laughs> than I did, but this is uh, this is what I came up with: uh, deadpan. Because sometimes you just got to have some good deadpan humor, and uh, I do a lot of that in my normal everyday conversations. Um, I also chose coming of age. Um, but for different reasons oh. than you did, Jen. Um, <laughs> mostly because, like, my life has really been like an adventure in some ways. Like, I I feel like every day is an adventure, and we're gonna just do something different, and who knows where the day will take mm, us. Which is yeah. very like coming of age y. And then, um, you know what? Because I love this genre, I wanted to pick it. And I'm going to make it work with my life, even though it kind of really doesn't. Um, But the third one I chose is mystery, because I love a good murder mystery, even though I'm not nearly dramatic enough or do anything nearly as exciting as a murder mystery. But I love puzzles. I love figuring things out. Um, So that's why I chose mystery as well. Okay, I like that. And you know what? To be honest, I did not even think of the coming of age genre but when you think (laughs) about it I think everybody has a little bit of coming of age in their life because Mm -hmm. you're going through life having different experiences expanding your thoughts your 
um, just your mind in so many different ways, depending on, you know, the situations you've been put in or the people you surround yourself by. So we all are learning some type of lesson at some point in our life that's going to either one change us. I mean, hopefully it doesn't keep you stagnant. Some people do say that, but Mm -hmm. in some ways we change um, either, you know, every year or every day or maybe every other day, you know, there's always something out there to influence our minds and to make us think a little bit differently. So that's actually a really, really good point. And I would have, I didn't even think of that. See, that's why I love y'all so much because y'all just come up with things. I'm like, (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Life is one big coming of age movie where we're just constantly in the rising action. There's never like the resolution (laughs) or there's just many resolutions. (laughs) That sounds accurate. Very accurate. (laughs) All right. So um, let's go ahead and get into the trivia game because um, I have played trivia by myself with the audience. And you know, it's, it's not as fun than having actual people to respond to you or to actually play with you. So um, I feel like, you know, playing the trivia game is always best with guests. So we're going to go ahead and get into this. And I'm going to go ahead and keep score. And I have 10 trivia questions. Now, I mean, I don't know how y'all want to do this. Do y'all want to like, y'all just answer out like one at a time? I mean, it's completely up to y'all how y'all want to answer the questions. Or I don't know if one of you just be like, you just answer or whatever. How about whoever has no. an answer, just say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. That works. Or if one person says it and then I'm like, oh, that's wrong. The other person can answer. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. We'll do that then. All right. So let's start with question number one. What color letter does Olivia stitch onto her clothes in easy A? Red. That is correct. Do you remember what the letter was? The A? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, explanatory. it says on there, A, red, A. I'm like, okay, well. Um, all right. So, ding, ding, ding. You got that right. It's funny. I didn't even remember what her name was. <laughs> no, me the character's name. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't remember the character. that. Oh God, I don't know who that is. <laughs> right. You know and what? then I was like, "Oh, the Scarlet Letter." Okay, yeah, that's where yeah. we're going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into the second question I have here. Now, if you've listened, I don't know if you've had my fifth episode. Um, uh, but my, that's my favorite nostalgic movie. I actually kind of said this in that movie with the behind the scenes information. But anyways, um, which Jane Austen novel is Clueless loosely based on? Oh, man. (laughs) To be honest, I wouldn't have known that if I didn't look it up. Or... Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I used to know this and the information has fallen out of my brain. <laughs> I have no idea. Wasn't it remade like that that same novel was made in like many different modern versions? Clueless was the like most popular one. Well, they went through like a series of things, so like isn't like 10 things I hate about you, like Taming of the Shrew, Mm -hmm. and then there was Clueless, and then there's another one that are all like kind of loosely based off of classic literature. (laughs) But for the modern palette. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so I'll just tell you, Emma. Oh, Oh, really? Okay. 
Oh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it's funny because、uh, we just talked about Emma a couple weeks ago、um, during Oscar season, but I hadn't made that connection. Yeah,、I've, I don't think I ever read that book, so I wouldn't have even guessed that at all.、Um, all right, this is kind of a funny one. <laughs>、um, which U.S. city is Magic Mike set in? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, my first guess would be New York. But that feels like the obvious one. And maybe because there's a trivia question on it, it's not New York, but something like Chicago or some other major US city. Okay, think South. Oh, okay. Atlanta? No. Sarah, do you know? Sarah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't I know seen、Magic、those、Mike、movies. Is so, <laughs> is it somewhere in Florida? I don't know. Yes, it is Florida.、Oh. <laughs> yes, Miami? it actually is Florida. Uh, Tampa, actually. Oh, okay. But、no. you're going to get it because you know、Florida. Florida. <laughs> I'm like thinking well, of the city that, like, so. <laughs> that people go to for their bachelorettes. Yeah, Florida's like the go to. Yeah.、Um, yeah, to be honest, I've never seen that movie either, but I was like, I don't know. Maybe they'll know. <laughs> I think I remember that movie came out that year on Valentine's Day, and I was like, wow, well done, marketing team. <laughs> oh, my God. I、gosh. guess that works. <laughs> right. All right, so、uh, the fourth trivia question that we have which film contains the line, I'll have what she's having? Oh, it sounds so familiar. I'll give you a hint. Okay. When blank met blank. <laughs> when, when Harry met Sally. Yes! Nice! <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. Wow. To be honest, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> There's so many、yeah. movies I need to see, especially like stuff like Sleepless in, Sleepless in Seattle, in Seattle and、um, this one. And there's like a bunch of others, but that's why I have this podcast so I can make、Dive、myself be able、those. to watch these <laughs> movies. That's a good theme. The movies that started the like rom com renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> like the 2000s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be a good one. All right. So the fifth question. Fifth trivia question that we have In what year was the notebook released? The hint, early 2000s. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, <laughs> You're like, that's、oh, a good、yeah, lead in、no. from the last question of this one. <laughs> I don't know. Jen, what's your guess? Early 2000s. I'm going to say like 2003. That was going to be my guess too. Really? <laughs> Y'all are so close!、Mm. Oh no. It was okay. 2004. Four. Ah,、uh, man. Y'all were so freaking <laughs> close, though. That movie is something. Something it, else. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that、oh. was one of those movies I'm like, that was, has been so hyped up. And I remember、yeah. I watched it and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so toxic. That's a whole nother conversation <laughs> that we、yeah. could rat hole. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to derail your podcast by <laughs>、yeah. ranting about the notebook. So <laughs> we can just keep going. Yep. All right. So the sixth trivia question that we have In the house bunny, where is Shelly asked to leave after her 27th birthday? This is another one that I haven't seen. So I have no idea. Okay. I have seen this. Okay, come on, Jen.、Uh, you got this. Like, Emma Stone's in this. Was it Anna and Yes.、Paris? I don't know where she. Le- they get kicked out from 
their like sorority house or something like well, that? Well, before she went to the sorority house, oh. where like what was she originally? Was she like a waitress? That was probably the most. No. Um <laughs> Well, this is like a kind of a big clue, but Hugh Hefner. Oh, Playboy Mansion. Yep. Oh. Wow, I forgot she was straight up a Playboy. Yeah, she was a Playboy makes, bunny. And it's funny Yeah. It's funny because she I'm used to her like the scary movies, you know, kind of playing this like average, like <laughs> dimwit, and then all of a sudden she's like, you know, this Playboy bunny, like, oh my gosh, I would never expect um uh-huh. Oh my god, I can't even think of the actress's name. Anna Ferris? Anna Ferris, yeah, I, yeah. Her being dolled up like that. Like, that was interesting. <laughs> but she looked good. Yeah. And Emma Stone's in that. There's a bunch of other, like, like women who are known for playing, like, bombshell roles that are in that movie. And they play these, like, um, awkward teenagers that need Anna Ferris to help make them pretty mm-hmm. or desirable. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, on to the seventh trivia question um what is the name of the acapella group that i think it's becca i'm assuming that's becca joins in pitch perfect i don't know what their group's called but i can do the little cup song thing that they do (laughs) (laughs) all right so i'll just give you the answer it's the bellas i wasn't sure to be honest i've never watched pitch perfect um but i was like well maybe they have i don't know I know a lot of people like that movie, but I really wasn't into it. It's funny, um, as you were reading the question, I was like, is their group just, is their name Pitch Perfect? The name of their group? Right? <laughs> exactly. Guess, nope. All right. So on to the eighth trivia question. In Made in Manhattan, what is the name of the hotel where Jennifer Lopez's character works as a maid? Oh, no. I don't know this one either. The Plaza? okay it's the Bressford hotel oh wow yeah i would not have remembered that one (laughs) all right and the ninth trivia question that we have i think maybe y'all should get this one i think y'all get this cool because we're like two for nine at this point (laughs) we're doing great (laughs) who cares about keeping score it's all for fun (laughs) okay in the princess diaries Mia Thermopolis, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at names, discovers she is the heir to the throne of which kingdom? Genovia. I love this movie. This is a great movie. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Julie Andrews is just a gem in this movie. Oh my gosh. The epitome of class. Yes. That's a great one. So last but not least, in which film does Zac Efron portray a 17-year-old version of Matthew Perry's character? 17 again? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. You are right. <laughs> okay, so that was just a little kind of icebreaker there. <laughs> nice. That was fun. It's fun to well, think back yeah. to all those movies. I hope y'all enjoyed it because I did. <laughs> it's yep. all fun. You know, it doesn't matter about keeping score or nothing. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the movies that we're going to talk about in this episode, which is, of course, the women kicking ass. So let's go ahead and 
get into the movies. So this is going to be a surprise to me. I don't know what movies they're going to be talking about, but I'm super excited to hear about them. So whoever would like to go first. Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. So the the women kicking ass theme, the first movie when uh, we were talking about, you know, what kind of theme we were going to do. First movie that came to my mind was Birds of Prey, which came out in 2020. And um, the reason why I, I picked Birds of Prey is because not only do you have women kicking ass on screen, but you also have women kicking ass off screen as well regarding this film. So it just, it worked on every level. Um, and Jen knows that this is a surprise pick for me because I'm not the biggest superhero movie fan, but I had a great time with Birds of Prey. It is utter foolishness. And I'm a fan of that. So it's just a ridiculous story. You get fully into the the Harley Quinn um, narration. And she's such an unreliable narrator that they're able to bring a lot of whimsy and fun into this really kind of like dark and um, violent movie. So it's this interesting mix that you don't always get in a lot of places. And a lot of this um, credit goes to Margot Robbie, who not only stars in the film as Harley Quinn, but she was also uh, one of the producers. Her production company really, really spearheaded this film. And um, one of the things that I love so much about it is that it's a superhero film, but it's not heavy with the male gaze. And this is because uh, Kathy uh, Jan directed it and it was written by Christina Hodson. So you just have a lot of women involved in the making of this. Um, and you can tell from things like the camera angles that were used, the um, wardrobe choices that are used. So like Margot Robbie has been really outspoken about how uncomfortable she was in her costumes in Suicide Squad. And then you can see in Birds of Prey that she has full range of motion. She feels super comfortable in everything that she's wearing. And so it's just a, a fun movie as a woman to watch um, because you don't feel that male gaze that you sometimes get in uh, male-directed or male-led superhero films. So just on the screen, off the screen, women just kicking ass and taking names, and I love it. It's um, so could- much fun, this movie. I, I got a chance <laughs> to watch it, um, and you're so right. Seeing them also band together and kick yeah. ass and work together and support each other, it's it's awesome. Okay, so Sarah, could you give us a brief like summary of what Birds of Prey is about? Yeah, so I'll just uh, read the summary from IMDb. Um, it says, after splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. And I have seen that movie as well. And to be honest, I felt like this movie was actually perfect for this theme um, because of the fact, like you said, the, oh my God, the action scenes in this movie, because you don't get a lot of, I feel like women in action, like we normally see men in the lead role who are able to, um, who fight and 
you know, get past, you know, whoever that they're going against. And you don't really see like women are always the ones that are to be saved, not the ones to save, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to just like own themselves and be able to, you know, surpass and get through any obstacle that came in their way. And the way that they did it was just very kick ass, literally. (laughs) Those scenes were so good. Like I was amazed. Now I have, you know, other thoughts about the whole you know, plot within itself, but just looking past that and literally those fight scenes were absolutely amazing. Like the choreography was very, it was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially like the, the climactic fight at the end, like usually by the third act of a superhero film, like I'm bored. I'm like, I just want Mm -hmm. this movie to be over. I'm done. But that's not how I felt with Birds of Prey. And the fact that this climactic scene happens in a fun house. And so it it combines this like weird, dark version of Harley Quinn with like this overly joyful version of Harley Quinn, like perfectly. And it provides so many interesting ways for the, the women to fight that not only tell us about her character, but also just make for some really interesting, like you said, choreography. And each of the women has such a distinct fighting style, which I absolutely love. You usually don't see that in a lot of these superhero movies. They tend to, everybody tends to fight kind of similarly, um, unless they have like a special superpower and then they only use that. So I just love the, the variety that we see in this film. And I, I agree with you. The The plot isn't spectacular, but they use uh, the time that they have so efficiently and so creatively that I'm I'm not mad at it. <laughs> now, by chance, do you have like a quote from this movie that you really enjoyed? Um, yeah, one of my one of the favorite moments that I had in this was actually during that final fight scene. And um, it's when Canary is fighting somebody else and her hair is all in her face and Harley Quinn turns to her and she offers her a hair tie. And I thought that that was just such a brilliant (laughs) moment because we all know, like, I mean, I have to put my hair up when I'm like working at my computer. So like if I'm fighting a dude, yes, my hair needs to be up. So I thought that that was just a great little way to poke fun at the genre where typically in Marvel movies, like everybody's hair is down and beautiful and perfect when they're fighting. Like, no, that's entirely impractical. Exactly. DC knows how to bring the grunge in their movies. And, <laughs> yes. And, and in some way, you know, poke fun. They're not so serious. <laughs> Sarah, do you have anything else for Birds of Prey? No, I mean, I can talk about this movie for forever. So we can move on, <laughs> Jen. I am so excited for uh, to hear about your movie. Me too. Perfect. So I, um, I love this theme. This is great. We get to celebrate women and um, some of the badassery we see them do in films that we see. And when uh, I was first thinking about this theme, Michelle Yeoh, who is in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, is the first thing that came to mind. She's just so badass, but also so elegant in that film. And just this fountain of wisdom as she trains up the younger warrior. Another woman in a film that Sarah and I both love is Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road. She is just, Charlize Theron is doing all the things in that movie. As I was thinking about this theme a little bit more, uh, I was thinking about how 
the the concept or the phrase of like a woman kicking ass can mean so many different things. And I was thinking about it in the perspective of like who are women characters in film that have just exhibited like immense strength and character as a woman. Uh, who are women in films that I really respect and um, just like I'm just in awe of what they were able to do. And so I picked a very different type of film uh, from Harley Quinn. So we really have the full spectrum represented. But my pick is Viola Davis, who plays Rose Maxson in Fences. And Fences is uh, the film adaptation of August Wilson's play. And it's set in the 1950s. It's this super moody, like family drama. It takes place in pretty much the backyard and kitchen and living room area of this small Pittsburgh home. And it's really about the relationships between this family. Um, a quick summary of it is Troy Maxson, who's played by Denzel Washington, makes his living as a sanitation worker in 1950s Pittsburgh. He once dreamed of becoming a professional baseball player, but was deemed too old when the major leagues began admitting black athletes. Bitter over his missed opportunity, Troy creates further tension in his family, including squashing his son's dreams of meeting a college football recruiter. And actually, this summary from IMDb covers part of the family dynamics, but specifically why Rose Maxson, uh, played by Viola Davis, just stood out to me a lot. Like when this, when Fences popped into my mind as a possible candidate for this theme, I just, I, I thought of other options, but I couldn't let this one go because Rose exhibits so much strength as a woman. She, there's a, I won't spoil the plot of the film or the play, but there's a scene where she is betrayed um, by someone in her family. And the way that she handles herself and conducts herself just is exhibits so much of that quiet strength that I think um, should be celebrated. She's in the midst of this immense hurt and grief, but she never um, lashes out at her her family in a in a really like bitter and and terrible way. She she continues to hold a lot of love. Um, she extends so much grace to the people in her family. And um, there's another scene specifically. I won't I won't go into the details of it, but um, she she does something that I just think I don't know if I were in her shoes, I would be able to do that with the same um, level of love and forgiveness that she has. And so that takes a lot of strength. And I think Rose in her own way is like kicking ass and it's in her smaller sphere. It's in her family unit and that community, but she is such a pillar and such a glue for that family. And I think it's worth celebrating. So that is my pick. Okay. So I wouldn't have expected that type of movie to be in this <laughs> theme, but I think it works. But you know what? I have a very just open mind about things because even if I'm thinking a certain way, if someone thinks differently, I'm able to take that. I'm able to like absorb it and be like, that makes sense. Like, I love that because it's such a fresh take because I was honestly thinking in this theme 
all of movies that had women that uh, that had some type of action sequence that had some fight scenes. I was mm-hmm. thinking very basic, but I have seen Fences, and I know what Yay, you're talking I'm glad about. You've seen it. So I know what you're talking about in that scene you said you didn't want to go into the details about because I feel mm-hmm. like that was um definitely a plot twist and I wouldn't want to give that away to the audience just in case they want to see how kick-ass Viola Davis is in Fences. Yes. But um yes, I love I love that take on that. Like I think I would definitely agree that she belongs in this category because in her own right, she even though she was dealing like her counterpart was you know, her bitter husband who didn't, couldn't really find joy in things in life. Um, and he wasn't very nice to his wife. Um, from what I remember, like he wasn't the most like loving Mm. and affectionate husband. He was kind of like cold and, um, you know, he just, he, he was, I don't know. I guess you can kind of say he was self-absorbed, but she was able to still find humanity. She was still able to be there for him, even when he was like pushing her away. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the other things that she does, which I guess is one of my favorite lines from the movie. I had, I had another one, but actually I realized that one gives away some plot details and I don't want to do that just in case someone wants to experience um, fences with a white canvas. But in the, in the ending of the the movie, she says a line that I think really represents like how strong she is and the fact that she doesn't choose to place blame on other people or run away from the family or you know channel her own bitterness to other places. Um, she's in this scene. She's talking to her son, who's now grown up a few years, and they're talking about just their family and kind of the 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 way that the father has treated the family and whatnot and um the way that the father has treated Rose and she says to her son, she says, it was my choice. It was my life. And there's a whole like much longer monologue that she gives in that scene, but she essentially recognizes and owns that the sacrifices that she made, she has chosen to give. And while it's not always worked out perfectly or her husband was very flawed in a lot of ways, she owns the fact that she loved with the best of what was in her and that there is a lot of of dignity and value in that. And I think in a a lot of um, movies that sometimes deal with like marriages falling apart or, um, you know, that topic, there's a lot of of bitterness that gets gets uh, exhibited in sometimes very ugly ways, and the way that Rose is able to 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 process that on her own and still be a pillar of strength for her family is just really commendable. I actually um, got a chance to watch this another time um, before we got we were recording today, and I I didn't make this connection the first time I watched Fences, but I realized that there's a lot of my grandmother in Rose. And the way that she has this quiet strength, some of the like plot points of what happens with Rose and the portrayal in the family and stuff um, really parallels to some of the stuff in my grandmother's family and, and that my family history on that side of the family. And the way that my grandmother dealt with it, she never spoke bitterly about anyone that has done her wrong, but has always um, just 
just carried that strength within her. And um, in, in, in that way, like that's a version of, of kicking ass um, that I think is, is pretty understated, but also really beautiful too. That was very, very beautiful, Jen. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and I also enjoyed your movie as well, Sarah, because we were on the same page because I swear when I thought of this theme, that was <laughs> one of the first movies I thought of was Birds of Prey because of just the ensemble and how it was just so much action, but it was all women doing, you know, the fighting. So y'all had some very, very good movies. Yeah, Birds of Prey was so much fun. <laughs> I had like I haven't had that much fun in a movie in a while. And just seeing also like the visual style of the choices that were made in the costumes, like it was just so great to see them all representing like these different types of of stylistic choices and personalities too with um Helena Bertolini and like some of her like awkwardness and but also her badassery, just like the different um, character traits that we just really get a full spectrum of like womanhood in that movie. It's so good. And I and love this is- Jen oh. that you like picked fences because it's such a different type of, you know, women kicking ass. And I just, I love mm-hmm. that, you know, women aren't just, you know, stuck to one thing. So like no matter what situation that we find ourselves in, if we're not psychotic superheroes, you know, we can still kick ass wherever <laughs> we are. So I just, I love that we got to have that, that spectrum of, you know, women in cinema just owning it. Yes. I love that spectrum as well. Like that, that was a very nice and like refreshing take on this thing because, you know, with this podcast, um, you know, I have my way of thinking and I know there are so many different ways that it can be done. There's not one way. And I understand that. And so I'm so glad I was able to have you ladies on here. Y'all were able to bring y'all's eloquent commentary because I love it. And um, is there any last words or anything else y'all want to say about the movies or just in general? I just want to say that I want to see more movies uh, that women are kicking ass in. And 10 years later, if you're going to do this theme again, like I hope we have more and more options to choose from. Um, I think there's there's more and more films that are coming out that are directed by women, uh, written by women, stylized by women, and all of like the creative choices. And, you know, Promising Young Woman was one of the other options that like had come to mind of just like, this really fresh take and kind of redefining um, certain genres and tropes. And yeah, I'm excited to see more of that to come. That would be a good one as well. I'm, I'm just going to say this real quick. Um, any of my themes that I have on this podcast, literally I can do multiple parts too. Yeah. <laughs> so so none of them have, j- now some of them, like I'm like, oh, there's not a lot of movies with that. So there won't be multiple parts, but this went, oh my God, you know what, um, Jen, you have opened up a whole can of like so many other movies we could talk about within this theme. So maybe in the future, we'll see. I'll get y'all back to do this one um, <laughs> but or a different theme, but I got to have y'all back again. I really, really enjoyed y'all. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's been, it's been super fun. 
Yeah, this is really great. It's always so much fun to just like get to connect on on these stories and characters and people and, and films that we love. And I feel like um, there's just there are topics that we get to talk about that had we just you know met each other or just were chatting may not ever have come up in the same ways that they do, and we get to talk about them through the context of film. So it's really cool. I completely agree. Well, you know what? I enjoyed you ladies so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you for coming on my podcast. This was a super, super great time. And I definitely hope we do this again. So that is it for the episode. Make sure to comment below if you have seen Birds of Prey or Fences, or maybe you're interested in seeing them now. Or like if you have any behind the scenes information about any of these movies or any quotes you love, do not be afraid to comment below. Also like and share. Now, I want to thank my listeners. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. You're a real one, period. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for stopping by and giving my podcast a chance. I really appreciate that. Well, you know what time it is. The show is over, the credits are rolling, and I'll see you at the next show time.